Yeah, so we're going to try to summarize instead of pretend to summarize like we have been doing, which we've just been describing literally everything that happens. So we're going to actually summarize and change the format a little bit. We don't know what we're doing, but we're going to figure it out. And I think that this will be better for sure, at least for editing. <laughs> It'll be a lot easier. Agreed. But it'll also allow for conversations to be more organic and driven by, uh, I guess it's it's still driven by summary, but it's not summary focused. It's the conversation analysis focused. Well, should we get going on? Episode five, mm -hmm. chapters nine and 10. Yep. All right. I had time. I remembered this time to do the out of context summary. Yeah. So here it is in this episode. Kuze's poop water glasses make a comeback. I never would have put those anywhere near my face. And it seems like Tachibana might have bribed the DMV for his driver's license. And he also calls an old man impotent. Here we go. Chapter 9, Ensnared. Are we ready for the new, <laughs> the new format? Uh, I'm kind of excited for it. Me too. And I feel like we should mention, we're calling our own like time markers scenes it's just how we're defining them so we're going to summarize each scene so the opening scene dojima family is still after kiryu who's looking for a place to hide until tachibana is able to contact him he finds his apartment in flames and wanders around kamurocho until reina stumbles upon him and demands he hides at serena reina tells kiryu a detective came to ask questions about him so it appears his moment of freedom from the police is at an end. After some time at Serena, a group of Dojima immigrants barge in and Kiryu confronts them. So much faster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's quick and concise. I like it. It's so much better. And now we get to see the, the part that really matters. Does it work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should we discuss it? What's your first note? Uh, my first notice about the 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 pocket watch. Pocket watch. And is the wait? So who currently is in possession of the lighter? Kiryu, right? Because Nishiki's like, I'm not gonna need it. To me, it feels like the pocket watch is the next best thing that ha holds the same value as the lighter. So, focusing on the symbol of the pocket watch, it's Kiryu's one of his most important tokens besides the the lighter. Mm -hmm. and he's giving it to Nishiki so it's like I didn't forget you and I'm going to give you the most valuable thing be and still hold and now I have your most valuable thing of the filled with memories and that's the lighter so it's almost like the top two favorite things of his is now I have one you have one just to build off that it's kind of like because they decided they're not oath brothers anymore but asking Reina to give that back to Nishiki is kind of like we may not be oath brothers but we're still brothers brothers you know they grew up as brothers even before the Yakuza and I think that that pocket watch is more tied to that relationship than any sort of Yakuza relationship so I think it's just like a message to Nishiki like we're still connected we're still brothers we're just not oath brothers I mean, jumping back to earlier in the scene, for me, I just thought it was funny when they're 
the Dojima guys are searching for Kiryu. And there's that guy dressed exactly like him. He even has the same haircut. I'm confident that that's the same character model as Kiryu. And they just, like, copy-pasted a new face onto the front. <laughs> and they kind of, like, like, shrunk him, too. Yeah, he looks weird. Because to- it's totally Kiryu from behind. And yeah. then he turns around and you're just, like, shocked. You're like, that is not the correct face to be on that man. What is this? So I want to talk about the moment when Reyna finds Kiryu in the park. He doesn't want to put her in danger. He doesn't want to stay with her. It's the same reason he didn't go into the Kazuma family office. He doesn't want to put anyone in danger. But she she kind of forces him to. But I mostly want to talk about his body language in this scene. I don't know if you noticed, but he doesn't hardly ever look at her. He's mostly, like, staring at the ground. And it just seems like he's super desperate, but doesn't want to admit he's desperate. It's like he was, like, hunched over, if I remember correctly. But I just remember having that sad puppy look. Yeah. (laughs) He's literally like a lost dog. He's Mm -hmm. truly alone now. He's told Nishiki, you know, don't be around me. You can't be seen with me. And he was basically, like, his last companion. And Reyna makes him go to the bar, which does end up putting her in danger. She gets slapped to the floor. Oh, yeah. She gets slapped straight in the face, down into the floor. Not cool. No. But this is exactly what Kiryu was afraid of. And I think that's why he comes out of the back room and he's just kind of like, enough of this. I'm done hiding. Mm -hmm. And now he wants to take them all on. His personality from the beginning where not wanting... Kazuma to take the blame to not wanting Nishiki to take the blame. And again, not necessarily that Reina is getting the blame, but it's more like not dragging her into it. Yeah. Kiryu tries to be good and keep everyone out from being collateral to everyone still getting hurt. But at the same time, she chose to help. When you do that, you kind of have to... The consequences are known, especially it's not her first time being exposed to violence. Mm-hmm. But she still chose it, so I think it also speaks to her personality that she's not going to let someone die on the streets without offering some kind of help. I felt like I picked up on a similarity here. You can tell me I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but okay. this starts to feel kind of like Makoto. Oh. She was complaining, or not complaining, but she has been feeling guilty about other people getting hurt because of her. And now Kiryu... He's kind of feeling the same way. He's tired of people being put in danger because of him. The only real difference is that Kiryu can actually, you know, like, walk out into the room and beat people up. Makoto can't do that. I don't know. Do you think there's a similarity to their situation? Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're very similar because they're good people. Not saying anyone else isn't a good person, but these two are... When you put pressure to them, they always see the goodness. And yeah, they're very similar because they don't want to hurt the innocent people. Still in Serena, I have a few more notes. Kiryu asked Serena about Nishiki. She mentioned that he looked upset. So, I mean, I think that it's kind of a small moment, but I think it's worth discussing. Like, Kiryu asks about him, so he cares about him, and then he looked upset. So that's good (laughs) because of what just happened. If he wasn't upset, that'd be kind of frightening. Um, And then later on is when he asked Reyna to give Nishiki 
the like pocket watch with the picture. So I think even though they're separate right now, they're just still definitely on each other's mind. It's like a, a almost like a a Romeo Juliet thing in a bromance yeah. sense where they can't be together because it's going to cause some real war going on and putting each other's lives at risk. But they still treat each other as brothers. And even though they say they're not, deep down, we both know they still see each other as brothers. Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) But then Raina says, both of you are more worried about each other than yourselves. They're lucky. They honestly are lucky to have that relationship with one another. And Raina even says, like, she's envious of it. And so even though they're causing issues for each other, they're still lucky to have each other. And they they would rather have that, I think, than have nothing at all. Just talking about the police being after him. The police are probably just like the, the step taking a step back. Mm-hmm. So if a single person like Tachibana can rule so much, think of how much power a Yakuza, like the entirety influencing who's in the I don't know if it's the police academy or whatever and I feel like the police are probably on the, the their payroll and so when I thought about the police I'm like eh, it's probably like they're bribed already that's a good point because we know Tashibana has a network and his network reached inside the police but we know from that little hand wave display of power earlier that he still doesn't have the network that the Yakuza does. So are the Yakuza pushing for them to arrest Kiryu, or is it just police business, straight up police business? I don't think we know, but that's a good point that you brought up, and I've never thought of that before. Scene one summary. Kiryu fights his way out of Serena, only to be met with an army of Yakuza on the street. All three lieutenants are present, as well as Nishiki and Kashiwagi. Kuze and Kiryu fight once again, and this time Kuze might have beat Kiryu if Tachibana hadn't come to a chaotic rescue. And boy, it was chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of good, though. But at some point you're thinking, like, what does, like, it's kind of amusing that Kuze thinks he can take down Kiryu after losing to him twice. Well, he had brass knuckles this time, Kathy. That makes him way stronger. (laughs) He had a freaking bat, like, or no, it was like a, a like a metal pipe last time. I know, and a motorcycle, and he still couldn't get the job yes. done. It's because he took his glasses off. He couldn't see. And now he had, he, he realized his mistake. He put his poop glasses back on. Mm-hmm. He invested in some brass knuckles. Minus one knuckle, because his pinky's gone. And he has bat now. He came prepared. It's so funny that Kuse was, like, telling Awano that, like, almost like, hey, can I be the one who beats him up and everything? It was almost as if he lost to Kirio twice and therefore his status went down. He's now lower than Awano. Yeah, and I think like at the beginning of the game, Kuze was like running point on everything. He Mm -hmm. was kind of the one calling the shots and then he really did a horrible job and then it was Awano's turn. And then Awano has, has failed a couple times. So we'll start to see in this chapter, the power start to shift again. But before we go too far, I just want to talk about as soon as Kiryu steps onto the street, it shows Nishiki and Kashiwagi in the distance and Nishiki says, Kyodai. So he still sees him as his brother. So before the fight starts, Awano is talking to Kiryu. He's saying, Tachibana Real Estate, abandon you. 
you're stuck here. This is what you get. And then Kiryu responds, am I really the only one who's cornered here? So Kiryu is smarter, I think, than he has appeared in this game so far. Let's be honest, he hasn't... He seems kind of dumb so far. <laughs> he seems kind of like a meathead, just pl trying to plow through people. Am I wrong? I actually think you are wrong. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's that. I think he's naive. He's, again, the similarities with him and Makoto. I don't know if it's because of the lack of life experience or what. Yeah. I think he's just naive. Yeah, that might be a better word for it than, than stupid, mm -hmm. but... Like, he wasn't, like, Makoto didn't have anyone to tell her, like, don't do this, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, Kiryu ignored Nishiki, ignored Kashiwagi, mm -hmm. and just kind of did the reckless thing, whether or not it was the right thing. He didn't care. It was his, like, his code. And so I think we just see so much of him plowing forward and making decisions so quickly that we don't get to see him processing enough. And I think that starts mm -hmm. to change. I think it changed at the, the end of chapter six with the whole Nishiki confrontation. But he, I think he is a smart guy. They just haven't presented him super smart uh, mm -hmm. through the game so far. But I think this is a really, a really smart comment from him because it shows he does understand the situation he's in. And he knows the situation the lieutenants are in. But he knows. He knows Kuze's time is up. Awano's time is just about up. So, okay, Kuze's about to just wallop Kiryu with the bat, and then Tachibana just comes speeding through in a fancy car. It just kind of crashes it after he, you know, runs over Kuze, who's fine. As we've seen, motor vehicle accidents are not deadly in this game. You can get hit full speed with a motorcycle and a car and be just fine. Tachibana tells Kiryu to get in the car, and they drive away. And as they drive away, Aona tries to shoot out the tires, but he's too slow. And this is when Shibusawa, sort of behind Aona, starts to kind of stare him down and does this creepy, like, little sly smile. And I think he's just smiling at Aona's failure. My main question to you is, what do you think that reaction is all about from Shibusawa? I think Shibusawa is just like, it's my turn soon. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, we, we know he's plotting something. We don't know what it is. But I think it's just a look saying that keep failing because it's just going to make me look better. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of a good strategy. Like, mm -hmm. Kuze and Aono were sort of jumping, like, oh, I can do this. I got this. Mm -hmm. But Shibusawa is just like, I don't think you do. <laughs> he's just going to let them play as the fools they are. And even if Shibusawa could have done it right from, from the get-go... He's made himself look even better with Aono and Kuze messing up first. Alright, next scene. Tachibana and Kiryu hide in a parking structure and have a deep conversation before Oda arrives and Tachibana collapses over the steering wheel. At the beginning of the scene, you're wondering why Tachibana looks like he's in so much pain. Yeah, he looks um, tired, like and, out of breath. And you're wondering, like, driving shouldn't be that difficult. And he did mention it's been a while since he drove... But it's that, and you're like, it's not like he got shot at, so you're wondering, really, what is going on with him? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he has one hand, so driving's not easy, which explains the crashing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it seems like there's more wrong with him. But they have a pretty long-winded conversation before he passes out, and I have a lot of notes on it. I don't know if you do. 
Actually, I don't have much over here, but I might get inspired. Okay. My first note is Tashibana is saying that the pressure from Dojima has sort of bogged down his information network. And that sort of explains the cops going after Kiryu. And he says that he hasn't been able to pass instructions to Oda either. And that explains why Kiryu got caught up, you know, in this attack and almost died. But this is a reference back, I think, to that power struggle scene. His power outage moment is over. And now the Yakuza have, like, turned the lights back on. And that's why things have started to go very poorly for Tachibana Real Estate and Kiryu. And then Tachibana talking about his poor driving says that he was terrified. And I felt like that was kind of interesting because it was sort of an admission of weakness from him. And he doesn't seem at all like a weak person. I mean, he's not tried to hide his his hand being missing or anything. I don't know. I just felt like him admitting that he was scared. It kind of caught me off guard. I thought of it as a joke, just being like kind of bashful and like just kind of laugh it off because he's trying to break up the tension. Yeah, so I can see that. I, didn't, I, I just thought of it as like, oh, ha ha. I'm like, make a, make a joke says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd be terrified. You, he just ran a guy over. <laughs> well, I mean, the guy was out to kill him, so it's totally okay. Yeah. I mean, and they got shot at, shot at too. Um. But then, but then Kiryu responds that it saved him. So, whether or not he was joking, if he was afraid, he still did what he needed to do to save Kiryu. And then we've kind of started to discuss this at points, but I think this is when Kiryu, I mean, he kind of says it, that he's been trying to do this whole thing alone, but he didn't even realize how many people have still been protecting him along the way and I think back to our conversation about Reyna not taking no for an answer it's sort of people aren't going to let him do it himself so yeah basically Kiryu realizes that he can't do it by himself and that people have been helping him this whole time and then he calls himself an idiot but Tachibana will later respond that he aspires to be an idiot like Kiryu because he talks about how with his upbringing, he learned, and it was imprinted on him, that he should use everybody around him, and that's the basis of his relationship with people. And he kind of elaborates on that, saying that like he's used people, and that's how he's gotten you know, his power and his money, and that's why he can do the things he can do. But he realizes, after this conversation with Kira, that he doesn't have anyone that would risk their life for him. And I think that's why he's sort of realizing he's been doing it wrong. Based on this point of how much we know, Tachibana obviously doesn't trust Oda as much as things are being let on. Yeah, and that's interesting because later in the scene, a van drives up and Kiryu says, is it Oda? And Tachibana just responds, it's not an enemy. So he doesn't say it's a friend. That's actually a really good point. And I felt like that was, yeah very purposeful writing and yeah I don't know I found that really interesting especially after this conversation where he says he's using everyone around him so is he just using Oda too because we'll learn later that they have a pretty deep connection but he doesn't call him a friend in this moment time will tell time will tell um but I feel like we kind of glossed over this but it's sort of important 
Kiryu asked Tachibana if he just saved him because he's still using him. And Tachibana admits, like, yes, that's true. I am using you. And he even says, I'm not able to risk my life to protect yours. But he's super honest about it, which is interesting. It seems like it could be damaging to the relationship. I think he's more trying to just be honest, be truthful, and almost even asking for help. Maybe pointing out that he's learned from Kiryu. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's actually because Tachibana is smart enough to know that if he doesn't be honest with Kiryu, Kiryu is not going to care about him. He knows the type of personality that Kiryu is. He knows the type of personality he trusts. And he's just going to mm-hmm. give him the honest speech because anything more flourished he knows is not going to benefit whatever goals he has in mind. That's a good point. We don't know. Is he saying all of this because he's still using Kiryu or is he saying this because he's being honest? Tachibana first says, I regret to admit that I'm still unable to risk my own life to protect yours. And then he later says to Kiryu, I can place my life in your hands. So he's not willing to risk his life for Kiryu, but he's asking Kiryu to protect his life. And I think that just shows how imbalanced the relationship is. But I don't know, do those two quotes hit you weird at all or stand out to you? I wouldn't have thought it was weird, but knowing and watching the next episode and the title name as well, it makes me think these are tests of how much faith and loyalty Kiryu has. That is he willing to die for him? And I feel like these are just a quick, simple test to make sure you're keeping loyal people around you. Yes, definitely. And especially leading up to what happens, um, he collapses. And I think he knew that that was going to happen. He was clearly not feeling well. So yeah, I think he was trying to ensure that he had Kiryu's trust. But yeah, Tachibana collapses. And Oda's like, "We we need to go. We need to go to the hospital. And so they leave. And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> right? We didn't miss anything, did we? Mm-mm. We're still here. Chapter 10, A Man's Worth. Mm-hmm. Should I just jump into the opening scene summary? Yes, but I did want to just check real quick. Um, for the scenes, you had a scene for eight seconds. Is yeah. that intentional? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sounds good. It just it seemed like it didn't fit anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Because it was just Chibasawa and... Dojima. So I was like, eh, okay. it's kind of a standalone. I'll, I'll do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, sounds good. Okay. So, opening scene summary. Oda tells Kiryu more about his and Tachibana's background, including that the loss of Tachibana's hand resulted in his kidneys failing. Kiryu and Tachibana Real Estate hide out in Little Asia, but Kiryu is soon told by Elder Chen that he cannot stay. Bat Tattoo Guy is finally revealed, and Kiryu seeks refuge at West Park among the homeless. So just discussing the background of Tachibana and Oda, they were part of a gang, a Chinese mafia. So they're a little different than maybe we thought they were for a while. It seemed like Tachibana was just some kind of really savvy businessman. But that's not true. Um... Kiryu calls them ex-mafia. Oda says that they were punks. This is when we learn that a rival gang is responsible for the loss of Tachibana's hand, which has caused him to need dialysis every other day or he will die. 
So they're at a place called Little Asia, and we find out that this is the only place that the Tojo clan can't access. And that's why it's so important later on when Elder Chen tells Kiryu that he can't stay there. But before we get into that conversation, let's talk about Bat Tattoo Guy. Who is he, Kathy? I can't believe I forgot this, but it's <laughs> Tachibana. And so you're wondering, holy cow, like what has he done in his past? You're trying to determine if he's still a good man or not. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's kind of confusing <laughs> mm-hmm. for the audience, I think, because up until now, Tachibana has seemed really, I don't know, just like clean cut, professional, smart, nice upstanding he seemed just not like he would be the kind of person to kidnap a woman and sell her into Mm -hmm. sex trafficking yeah so it's very shocking to see this it's kind of jarring because i don't know about you but like i've really liked tachibana he's so polite and he's so he carries himself so well you see this and you're wondering is the tachibana we know a Tachibana who has who's working hard to redeem himself or is he just faking it yeah it's clear he's very smart and so when we see this tattoo pop up it's like oh no is Kiryu in trouble now we're not sure who this person is and Kiryu's put his full trust in him so Kiryu meets with Elder Chen who tells him that he can't stay there and gives a pretty solid reason Dojima and Kazuma once attacked their turf and, in his words, butchered women and children. And that's basically how the Dojima family grew to its current size. Tachibana then, after the meeting, suggests that Kiryu stay at West Park. He thinks he'll be safe there, sort of blending in with the homeless population. I guess we should mention Tachibana woke up. He seems fine now. Yes. Kiryu kind of jokes with him. It's going to be cold tonight, and Tachibana's like, yeah, I can't even imagine. And then Kiryu's like, well, want to join me? And he just kind of laughs. And it's it's really weird because we just saw the bat tattoo. Who is this guy? What's his real motive? And then Kiryu's joking around with him. It's like, oh, no, Kiryu trusts him. I, I don't know. I think it's just bringing a light tone atmosphere to the game. It's just interesting because have we seen Kiryu joke much prior to this? No, just the karaoke. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just sort of an indication that he feels safe with them, with Tachibana Real Estate. Tachibana brings out the humor. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else on the opening scene for you? Nope. Next scene summary. Kiryu arrives at West Park and runs into one of the men he bought alcohol for earlier in the game, who invites Kiryu to stay in his shelter so long as there is no, as he puts it, funny business. That night, Kiryu's sleep is interrupted by a commotion outside, and he goes out to find homeless hunter kids who beat up homeless people. Kiryu sends them running, earning the trust and protection of the West Park population. In the morning, Oda comes for Kiryu, and they take a drive. The summary's almost as long as the notes for me in this, this scene. Do you have any notes specifically on this scene? No. Okay, I have an interesting one. There's a quote from Kiryu that he says to the homeless hunters after he 
beats them up. He says, you think prison's the worst punishment out there? You've got a lot to learn about this world. And that immediately made me think of Majima and Saijima. Because Saijima's been on death row, and Majima seems to have some sort of guilt over that fact. But then if you look at what Majima's been through, a year of physical torture, and now two years of mental torture, if you will, has has he had it worse than Saijima, who's at least... I don't know. Has food. Like, I guess Majima has food. But he, had to, he still has both eyes. Majima only has one eye. Who do you think had it worse? Like, what's the worst punishment? They both have their freedom taken away. But I don't know what the prison system looks like, especially mm-hmm. back in the 80s. But then you always carry the risk that someone's going to... And this is just me watching too many TV shows, but, like, <laughs> someone's going to shank you or... um there's too much risk of literally dying in jail compared to Majima where they need him alive because he's a good cash cow. Yeah, that's true. And then they say they say they need him. Well, they don't necessarily say they need him alive, but it seems like they do. But then they'll threaten mm-hmm. him. Like when Sagawa says, you can't hit me because, you know, you know you can't. Like You've got the scars to show you what happens if you go against me. So they're definitely... I don't know, extorting him. But yeah, I just think that quote ties in perfectly to Majima's situation. Because, I mean, you could argue we don't know what the prison system was like. But he lost an eye. He was physically tortured for a year. Mm -hmm. So he might have had worse punishment. And I think that's also kind of talking about what Nishiki was saying, which is like after the Yakuza's done with someone, you know, their bodies are unrecognizable that's pretty bad like that's probably worse than prison maybe even him saying that is an extension of what Nishiki said to him um I also wanted to mention how confident Kiryu is in this moment and in this scene he sort of takes charge you know he easily handles these guys it seems like to me the first moment where we see him in complete control do you think so I think you're right. I think this is the first time he doesn't do something with something coming back to bite him. All right, so earlier in the game, Kiryu buys this guy alcohol. But did you notice he's got six bottles of alcohol in his shelter? This man does not need help acquiring alcohol. He has plenty inside of his shelter. I think he's using them as currency for other needs. I think he's hogging them. For future needs. (laughs) I like it. Alright. Are we ready for scene two summary? Mm Mm-hmm. Kiri and Oda are driving to an undisclosed location to catch up to Tachibana. When they arrive at their destination, Kiryu is shocked to see Tojo HQ. Oda says Tachibana is already inside and bargaining for Kiryu's life. Kiryu is taken to the in-progress meeting between Tachibana and the acting second chairman of the Tojo clan. Tachibana makes an offer in exchange for Kiryu's life, and after the negotiation, the three leave the meeting but still have to fight their way out of HQ. I have almost two pages of notes on this scene. (laughs) Um, My first thing, though, is they're not buckled in the car. Oh. (laughs) Buckle up. I know it was the 80s, but didn't we know about seatbelts by then? I think it's a cultural thing because I went to a trip in China and... I'm pretty sure it's optional. Just you have to if you're in the front, from what I understand, because people will see you. 
but I'm pretty sure it's optional on the back. And I was sitting in the very trunk, like you have, I was sitting on the fourth row because it's one of those, um, those, those cars. So I'm literally, my head's against the back of the car and I'm thinking, and they're like, oh, you don't have to. No one's going to see you. And I'm like, lady, if someone <laughs> rear ends us, I am screwed because my back is to the door. And so, um, I was like, I am wearing my seatbelt. And then I made my dad wear his seatbelt too. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, you don't want to go flying out a window. That does not sound pleasant. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like, optional. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I die? <laughs> but to your point, they were both in the front. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we don't know what Japan in the 80s was like, but... Just buckle up. Why'd they animate yeah. and draw in seatbelts to the car and then <laughs> not put them on? So before we even get into the meeting, Oda basically tells Kiryu what's going on that he's meeting with the acting second chairman, which we'll soon learn is the highest authority within the organization. So I feel like Tashibana is going over Dojima's head here. I think it's the only way. It's the same thing as why Kiryu went to the Dojima HQ and the first thing is trying to go straight to the source. So now we're in the meeting with the acting second chairman who is named Nihara and Tachibana says that he wants peaceful coexistence and asks for them to stop going after Kiryu. Nihara is pretty resistant and says that he has no reason to help Tachibana and basically that Dojima being able to move forward with the redevelopment project will bring him a lot of money and that's when Tachibana starts to talk about Dojima specifically and says if he acquires the empty lot he'd be too powerful and he sort of starts to get kind of I don't know out of line with Nihara. Tachibana continues to say that anyone blinded by such short-term concerns is unfit to lead such a grand operation. His body language is very alpha the way he's sitting he's like man spreading but he holds himself <laughs> so well nihara he's kind of forward both hands closed position like he's hiding something and he just has that extra barrier but tachibana doesn't he's just sitting there his legs are like equally spread almost like an ape lincoln yeah. you know that that yeah it's like he's holding himself so well no matter if he's joking or whatever tone that he's taking i feel like his body language is conveying something else that you can tell me and i can tell you whatever and stuff mm-hmm. it could be all lies but most likely you're going to be convinced because of the way i'm holding myself yeah he's like confident but relaxed mm-hmm. and do you think it's because he has nothing left to lose because as it stands dojima's sort of stepping on his toes and is putting more pressure than he expected on them. So do you think if he doesn't do this negotiation successfully that they're pretty much, they've lost? I think it's the other way around. I think it's, he's so confident in what's going to happen that he's not afraid. He's so confident in his own move right now that there's no way they wouldn't take it. Only an idiot would be stupid enough to (laughs) reject it. That kind of mindset. Yeah, and I think his experience sort of in two different worlds now that we know he had been in a mafia you know sort of similar to a yakuza and he's been a businessman he kind of has two sides 
that make it perfect for him to come into this negotiation. You know, he knows how to deal with a mafia type and he knows how to do like a business transaction. He also calls him, well, he says that Nihara will be impotent and forgotten, which (laughs) is a little harsh, I feel like. Um, He's not holding anything back. And at this point, Nihara's like, you need to learn how to choose your words. But I think Tachibana knows exactly how to choose his words. We've seen him be very eloquent and very purposeful in everything that he says. And I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And then I just love Kiryu in this scene. He sort of like looks back and forth between Tachibana and Nihara. And he's just like, dude, did he just say that? He's just like watching this, this ping pong match. Yes, it's so funny. And this is when Tachibana lays out the terms of his negotiation, which is a total of a billion yen in addition to 30% of the real estate firm's Camarocho profits. And this is when Tachibana says that he can easily make the billion again, but a true friend is harder to come by. And that definitely reminded me of Majima earlier in the game when he's talking to the, the cabaret waiter and gives him money and says... You know, money can be replaced, but people can't. Once they're gone, they're gone. So that's kind of a recurring theme. Now I want to talk about Oda's negotiation skills versus Tachibana's. Earlier in the chapter, Oda is talking to Chen, the elder of Little Asia, trying to convince him to let Kiryu stay. And he's really bad at it. And that seemed like a way easier negotiation. I mean... There's not a billion yen involved. But Tachibana completely demolishes this negotiation. He does such a good job. And just the difference is so shocking between the two trying to negotiate. I think it shows Tachibana is the one in charge. Like, we know that. But I don't think Oda is really even capable without him. I think he would be a successful Yakuza, not a successful... Right hand man to a businessman. So my last note, Nihara says to Kiryu that Kazuma was his own brand of Yakuza. He redefined what it meant to be a man. And that if he could go back and buy him for a billion yen, he would. So is he seeing the same potential in Kiryu or is he just taking a chance? First impressions, taking a chance. This whole game feels like it's built on uncertainty. Yeah, uncertain decisions and time-sensitive decisions. Mm-hmm. So it's $1 billion in total. And it's kind of like, oh, that's how much he's worth it. So you have ties to the title, a man's worth. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a dichotomy where you also know a true friend kind of thing. And that stuff cannot be bought. And so when you use 1 billion yen as a man's worth... The other currency is loyalty. I agree, that's a good point, because he doesn't just say that he was a good Yakuza, he said. He redefined what it meant to be a man. And then him saying that he would pay a billion for him. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's buying him as a Yakuza. I think it's, you know, as a man. So I think there is that importance even still within the Yakuza. You mentioned it's the cost of a friend, Mm-hmm. And I sort of agree with that, but then there's a moment when Tachibana 
says that he needs Kiryu to get the lot. So is he still just using him? Or is he a friend? Or could it be both? I think he became a friend. But he's not going to let his friendship blur his objectives. I really like that fight scene. The sequence and everything. I think your fighting made it much more enjoyable than not calling names with that person that we watched. <laughs> we should out them. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> no. The grandpa, like, uh, not, not the grandpa is my nose. The um, Nihara, that look back between Nihara and Kiryu, we know that Nihara is kind of fond of Kiryu because it reminds him of Kasama. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that look has so much unspoken words. It's just the look of there's more to be said but cannot be voiced. Okay, scene three? Mm-hmm. All right, so Dojima is talking with Shibasawa about HQ messing with the Kiryu situation. They kind of badmouth Kuze and Aono a little, and then Shibasawa says he knows what to do, and he'll bring Dojima the lot. Did you have any notes on this one? No, I didn't really... Quite much. I was very shallow in, in this part. I have one note. <laughs> okay. Shibasawa's gonna take over. He wants to take over. It's kind of like we discussed in the mm-hmm. last chapter. Kuze and Aona have both failed. They've had their shot. Now it's up to Shibasawa. And he's confident. And it, I think this scene is interesting because we don't really get a scene like this with Aona after Kuze fails. And he's you know, the new guy running point, but we get one when Shibasawa is the new guy running point. Why do you think that is? Because I want was too busy dancing going, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> he was too busy doing that and shooting his dancers. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I also think it goes to speak to their personality because... I want to mention that this is just a job to him. So why is he going to spend so much time plotting when he can be living his life? And Shibusawa is a plotter. Like, this is not his job. This is his goal. And mm-hmm. that's why he's just doing so much in the background. Yeah, maybe Awano was just too busy golfing. And he didn't even think to meet with Dojima. Mm-hmm. But Shibusawa seems more intense more focused but yeah i found it interesting that only he gets that that scene showing that now he's in control of the situation that's it for that scene should we move into scene four yep all right so tachibana tells kiryu that he has located the owner of the empty lot in sotenbury but he thinks someone from the shibasawa family is already in pursuit and says that the omi is after them as well kiryu says he's going to sotenbury no matter what and oda says he's going to I was confused why Oda would want to go. Like, because he's, like, so loyal to Tachibana. It's just, it's just, he's his right-hand man. And so yeah. you're wondering. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially knowing that he's not at his full strength in anything. You're wondering, why wouldn't Oda stay next to Tachibana? Why is he going after Kiryu, who clearly can handle himself? You get the impression that Oda never wants to leave his side. And so him deciding to leave Tachibana behind is is a little surprising. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can kind of understand. Even Kiryu's like, oh, you, sometimes you make sense, Oda. Like, things are kind of up in the air with the, the owner and the situation with so many people being after them. We need to get in there before mm-hmm. it's too late. 
I think what happens is Tachibana is basically saying that he's too weak to travel to Sotenbury. And Kiryu's kind of like, you did good. Like, you fought out of there and you weren't really slowing us down. And he basically just said, I was desperate then. You know, that's why I was able to hold my own. And that just reminded me a lot of Lee's character. Because if you remember, he was pretty well shot up during pretty much the entire time we knew him as a character. But he never stopped. He never rested. He kept doing what he had to do. And that's very similar to Tachibana in this moment where he's unwell, but he fought at Tojo HQ out of desperation. But now, see, Lee never got the chance to actually get tired. (laughs) He exploded before he needed rest, but now Tachibana needs rest or he's going to die. He needs dialysis every other day. Just desperation giving you strength. Kiryu again asked Tachibana if he has other motives for acquiring the empty lot. And Tachibana just responds that it's a trade secret. So the first time Kiryu asked this in chapter 2, he didn't respond and just changed the subject. But now he's saying it's a trade secret. So that's sort of indicating to Kiryu, like, yeah, there is another motive for me here, but I'm not ready to share that with you. So progress... We don't know what it is, but we know that that there is an it to know. I mean, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. Next scene. Yep. All right. Final scene summary. Kiryu meets with Tachibana and Elder Chen at his restaurant, and Tachibana reveals that Makoto is indeed the owner of the empty lot. My main note is just that Tachibana says that the owner is currently in the care of an organization allied to their cause. So I think we can assume that white suit guy mm-hmm. is allied to Tachibana Real Estate. It kind of goes to show how much Tachibana trusts Chen that knowing the facts that Makoto is there, like that Chen's not going to go out and like sneak the piece of land and then sell it to someone. <laughs> Again, with the whole how much are a man's worth, that's a theme. And yeah. the title of the, the chapter is that Chen is actually worth a lot, too. And it kind of connects back to the beginning why he's not going to push the issue of letting Kiryu stay because he respects Chen too much to make him upset. It's almost like he includes Chen in the plan. Mm-hmm. So, oh, actually, there is something that we kind of forgot to mention. I don't know if it's Oda or Tachibana, but someone mentions that Little Asia is a piece of their network in a big way mm-hmm. that they get information. So maybe he is just an ally. He's part of Tachibana's network. And so he's filling him in so that he can do, you know, whatever he can on his end to help. Um, I just have one more point. Tachibana says of Oda and Kiryu, you two are the only ones I can trust with this. Does he also now have a left-hand man? He's got both Kiryu and Oda. I thought he forgot about Chen. I think he does trust Chen. <laughs> I feel bad for him. He's got three hands now. This episode is the link between Majima and Kiryu. This is it. This is where you start linking those two together. Yeah. How have we not talked about this already? Yeah. This is when we. This is when the two separate storylines become one. Mm-hmm. Now everything makes sense. We know why everyone's after Makoto, but they don't even know yet. Um, 
Majima mm-hmm. and Makoto don't even know yet. Should we close it out? Yeah. We'll be posting chapters 11 and 12 gameplay. And next week, we're going to talk about those chapters. We're back to Majima for episode six. Do a quick little say, like, peace out or something. <laughs> peace out, dude? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't, do you remember where that's from? We actually said that in grade school. <laughs> for what reason? And to who? I don't know. But we need to end our thing, though. So on one, three, two, one.